after much mic problems last time. More HD quality this time. I know. But when I recorded my Instagram video, my mic worked fine. Maybe I broke it. Maybe they were like, you sang too loud. Now we're done. And welcome to Bottomless Broadway, where we talk musicals over mimosas. As most of you know, usually we talk about the current Tony season, which does not exist. Um, But we are going to talk about a musical that we saw this past season that was not on Broadway, but was incredible. And it's the City Center Encores production of Evita. Like, obviously, we will talk about the City Center production of Evita, but I'm also pretty excited to just, like, do a deep dive into Evita in general. Yeah. So, summary of Evita is, um, so Ava is this, like, girl from a poor town in Argentina, and she really wants to go to Buenos Aires to, like, become a star. And so, she sleeps with a bunch of, like, mediocre, famous musicians and public figures, celebrities to kind of get to that point. And then finally she meets Juan Perón, who is like kind of like important in this military dictatorship situation and then seduces him, um, campaigns for him to be president um, by saying that like, look, I was born a poor hooker and he loves me. So he is for the people Makes him president. They get married. She spends $5 million on dresses and goes on a trip around Europe telling people how great Argentina is. And then she comes back, asks to be vice president. Um, all the men in like the cabinet of her husband are like, nah, we hate women. They're stupid. They're only for sex. And then she's like, no, I'm going to be vice president. And then the people of Argentina are like, we love Avita. We want her to be vice president. And then she dies. <laughs> cancer the ultimate villain the end i um looked through both the original broadway cast album as well as um the concept album mm-hmm. and both of them have 23 songs obviously like the song's contents were changed quite a bit right between the two but actually like they pretty much kept all of the same songs except um for the concept album they had ladies got potential which was removed and then replaced with the art of the possible which is probably the worst song on that album I, <laughs> I am so ready to to just talk about that decision yeah, I was like, hold on, what? And then clearly someone regretted it because then they put it back into the 1996 Madonna film. Officially, the movie album has 31 tracks, which is so like they just pulled eight songs out of their ass. And then, <laughs> and then um, they brought back this is okay. So, like, not everyone heard the other time when we did a mini rant on Avita. So, I'm just going to, like, repeat this. But as you know, The Ladies Got Potential is incredible, partially because of its insecticide references, right? <laughs> yes. And um, I thought it was really funny that he said, 
the insects fall like flies, kapow die. <laughs> and we were like, insects are flies. Tim Rice, gotta get your shit together. Anyways, so I think the main thing was that he didn't want Shay to be um, super explicitly Shay Guevara. <laughs> And um, and the insecticide stuff literally is about him. Like, that's his life, which also wildlife. I would totally watch a musical on him. Um, so they didn't want it to be too explicitly about, uh, like, modeled after him. Mm-hmm. And so he changed the lyrics in the film versions, Ladies Got Potential, to, like, not really include anything about insecticide. Um but then he added the line. So after they were slightly to the right of Attila the Hun, a bomber too, and very few objected. Yeah, one shell, and the governments fall like flies. Kapow, die. <laughs> it's a little bit of a clunky rewrite. Not gonna Nothing lie. Nothing is great. Also, so because he couldn't rhyme Cinderella with my insecticide is going to be a bestseller, he has the greatest social climber since Cinderella. Um, Okay, she couldn't act, but she had the right friends. So we're really throwing birds here. <laughs> Much better than um, if you've got six legs, I'm doing you no favors. <laughs> so okay, she couldn't act, but she had the right friends, and we all know a career depends on knowing the right fella to be a stellar. Wow. The lady's got potential, she was setting her sights On making it in movies with her name in lights The greatest social climber since Cinderella Since we're on this song, I'm just going to keep going with it. Um, <laughs> okay. So, you know, they did this for the concept album. They, like, sent some stuff to Hal Prince, who was the original director for both West End and Broadway. And Hal Prince was like, yo, I'm busy. Give me, like, two years. And they're like, all right, cool. Let's just, like work on it or something and i don't know whose decision it was to cut ladies got potential but whoever it is i hope they're rethinking their life and so then we have art of the possible which like you said is probably the worst song in the show and the staging of it has like in like i've seen a high school iteration of evita i've seen a college iteration of Evita and I've seen the city center version of Evita and like the staging of it is the exact same every time and it's just musical chairs but like this is at like 70 BPM it's not exciting um the most exciting part is when Evita comes and sings like one verse and then leaves and then you're back to like boring politics because it's just like musical chairs but there's like eight of them so you have to get rid of all eight of them before you can move on with your life and you don't even know which one Perone is because you haven't seen him up until now and I'm just like why did we do this (laughs) and so then they put it back in for the movie because like no one really wants to watch a game of musical chairs for like six minutes on a movie and also like you just can't do that and but then they like never kept it back in stage productions like they wrote a well i guess a serviceably good version for the movies where like you don't even need all the other chase stuff with the insecticide also just that whole original song is basically like if tim rice read the wikipedia page on like ava and jay and perone and just like vomited up there because he is also like has <laughs> that whole part about skiing perone's like a ski instructor 
He goes by the name of Colonel Perone. He began his career in the army overseas, teaching all the other soldiers all he knew about skis. When others took a tumble, he would always stay on. Yeah, sure, Perone could ski, but who needs a snowman? And then Perone sings this part, and he's like, Great men don't grow on trees. I'm one. I ain't gonna freeze. Dictators don't grow on skis. And then Shay comes back in and says, Perone would be no number two to no man. I'm pretty sure... He, like, just looked up skis in his rhyme dictionary and was like, freeze, that's a good one. sad because i've been listening to like tim rice's podcast and he hasn't talked about avita yet like he talked about joseph he talked about jesus christ superstar he like jumped and talked about disney stuff and then his new episode is aida but not avita and i just want him to talk about this maybe he's saving it for like a finale he clearly cares a lot about it if he named his child after it (laughs) yeah so remember when I like messaged you about how Attila the Hun dies, which is such a hilarious story. <laughs> I literally only Googled Attila the Hun because the song says there is slightly to the right of Attila the Hun. And I like, like I get like Attila the Hun as a concept, but I was like, what were his policies really? Let's look this up. <laughs> and then I found out that he choked on a nosebleed in his wedding night. <laughs> All the great people in history, like, fall on their sword, choke on a nosebleed, get exiled twice. (laughs) Wait, so where did he exile in? Was it in Spain? Yeah, Spain. For 18 years. I mean, honestly, there's worse places to get exiled to, you know? Right. Like, he speaks the language. It's, like, a popular destination. It's not like Siberia. He has his wife on the dining table. Yeah. (laughs) It's fine. I can't believe his other wife was okay with it. I mean, if we want to just, like, jump to the ending, first of all, this show has the weirdest fucking ending of just about any show I've seen. Because there are endings that are bad, but this is just, like, weird. Like, it ended fine, and then they're like, also, her body disappeared for 17 years. And then there's, like, creepy music playing in the background, which makes it sound like you're watching the intro to a horror movie or something the eyes hair face image all must be preserved i was like holy fuck what (laughs) she's gonna come back to life yeah so like avita's body disappears for 17 years it just like gets rediscovered again and then it just chills with perone and his new wife in their like living room and it's like, how is that not creepy? Reading, like, Evita and then Juan and then his second wife, Isabel, is such a roller coaster because first you're like, oh, his second wife allowed him to keep her preserved body on their dining table in their shirt home in Spain. That's kind of weird. I wonder what kind of girl she is. Like, is she just a pushover? And then you find out that, like, she's also really political. So you're like, oh, maybe she just, like, really admired Evita for, like, paving the way or something. And she's, like, also into politics. I don't know. And then you're, and then you find out that she becomes the vice president um, for Juan. And you're like, wow, Evita must be rolling in her grave like she must be so 
fucking pissed off about this because that's literally all she wanted. And then you find out that like Juan died. She became the literal president, which was like, <laughs> whoa, wild. And then she gets overthrown like a year and a half later. raised to build a tomb, a monument to Evita. Only the pedestal was completed, and Evita's body disappeared for 17 years. So since we talked about her body, the other part of this that they just like don't handle, I think maybe Tim Rice was just like running out of inspiration for just like the whole last third of the show or so, because her (laughs) getting cancer is like super sudden. It was also staged fairly suddenly and Perone's like, well, you're sick, like you should take it easy. And Evita's like, well, this could be great for the campaign. We should just use my sickness to like campaign more. And he's like bitch you could die and then she just like basically does so i have the libretto up because i i like reading through the librettos just to see what stage directions there are but it literally is evita i shall be a great vice president parentheses eva collapses peron so what happens now <laughs> so yeah that's like that's how you find out she's like sick and dies her whole fight to be vice president had like some buildup at least yeah. So I thought there was going to be like a plot there, but there was not. Classic second act syndrome. They're like, oh, fuck, we got to end this show. Better just like wrap it all up. Yeah, I actually don't care about that many songs after like and the money kept rolling in. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. And so the the really cool thing that City Center did was it had two people playing Ava and it had like child Ava who goes up until Buenos Aires and um and then they switch during the number. And but then she like isn't just gone forever. She like will make appearances and we can also like talk about those more. But um in the end, a bunch of people sing this montage of like all these songs you've heard before. And the way that City Center staged it, it was like Ava on her deathbed essentially, like watching all these scenes play out before her. And um and they can have like the child version of herself in front of her and she can be like watching her younger self. Honestly, adding that second actor for Ava worked in so many ways that like I just don't understand why they didn't have that before. I really liked it when they switched in Buenos Aires because like the song, like the first half of the song is kind of like watching her get eaten alive in the big city. And then it kind of does like a fast forward to the older Ava who looks like a lot more confident and can handle herself among the sleazy people, basically. Yeah. Older Ava is played by Saleya Pfeiffer and younger Ava is played by Maya Rafiko. Yeah. At the City Center production. Yes. I guess they never thought about like splitting her up because she only lives until she's 33. So like, you know, like you don't need her to look like old or anything. My favorite thing is in High Flying Adored, 
Shay is like, what a pity that you achieved like all of this at 26. What are you going to do for the rest of your life, huh? Apparently die. <laughs> yeah. So High Flying Adored is actually one of my favorite songs. And I just love how it's like this beautiful melody, but it's just Shay being like super fucking snarky and just like talking shit the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I really liked High Flying Adored too. Also, it has that great line that's like, she's a cross between a fantasy of the bedroom and a saint. Yeah. Which is every single Disney star ever. <laughs> High Flying Adored, I hope you come terms with boredom so famous so easily so soon is not the wisest thing to be you won't care if they love you it's been done before you'll despair if they hate you you'll be drained of all energy it was just like tim rice who was like kind of obsessed with Ava Perón. And it's like funny because I was looking into like what got them started on it. And apparently this uh, producer after Jesus Christ Superstar, he like walked up to Tim Rice and Andrew Lloyd Webber and he was like, so what do you guys think about another Peter Pan musical adaptation? And they were like, no. <laughs> and then like Tim Rice was like, oh, yo, this girl, Ava Perone, she seems super cool. Like, he went to Argentina to, like, go study her more. And then he was like, Andrew, like, we should we should do our next musical on this. And Andrew Lloyd Webber was like, eh, I have a pass. And then Andrew Lloyd Webber went and did By Jeeves, which was a flop. And then he came back and he was like, you know what? I'm in. Also, I just, like, sidebar want to say I like how... Elaine Page was technically the original person who created this role for the stage, but, like, no one really cares about her, Ava. Like, everyone I know always talks about Patti LuPone. Patti LuPone has gone on record saying that she just, like, hated every minute of her experience there, but she won a Tony, so, like, she got something out of it. <laughs> also, like, Elaine Page's New Argentina isn't even on the cast album. Like, the cast album has a New Argentina, but it doesn't even include, like, those crazy high notes. It just has that last part. That's weird. It's like the most important song in the show. <laughs> After like Don't Cry For Me Argentina. This song is like more of a climax moment for me yeah. than Don't Cry For Me. I don't think I registered this in the show and maybe they didn't do it this way. But like if you listen to the Broadway album, there's like this part where she stops and then the crowd like hums the melody. She stops singing because she's supposed to be, like, so emotional that she can't, like, continue and that she's supposed to, like, have a minor breakdown. And the crowd is, like, helping her out. And you know how in Judy, about Judy Garland, they had that moment where she's, like, trying to sing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And then there's, like, two gay guys in the audience, like, sing it for her so that she can, like, do it again. Apparently, Andrew Lloyd Webber based it off of that. I think Don't Cry For Me Argentina is just, like, spread out a lot through the show because it's, like... A melody that's used a lot and and shay uses it a lot too which is interesting all right argentina like look at how much she look at how much you should actually be crying now because now you're bankrupt we've made the front page of all the world's papers today but who is this santa evita why all this howling hysterical sorrow what kind of goddess has lived among us how will we ever get by without her? What is the waltz for Ava and Shay about? That's honestly where I think the show starts to fall apart. Like, I assume it's all in her imagination. Like, maybe she, when she's dying, she starts hallucinating or something. 
I guess a lot of the time you get to hear Che's side of the story in this show and you only really see what Ava's doing and you can like decide who to side with or not. But then like in this song, Ava is able to like kind of tell you what her side is more than she was able to before. But also, like, he's like, oh, tell me before I, like, waltz out of your life. And I'm like, but were you even in her life to begin with? According to this musical, he followed her around her entire (laughs) life from the time she was five to every country that she visited in Europe, which turns out is, like, two and a half countries. (laughs) Is it the actress hasn't learned the lines? Is that the song where, um, where... Che, as a reporter, is like, hi, Evita, here's my insecticide. And then she's like, I don't give a fuck about your insecticide. And then, <laughs> yeah. then the chorus comes in and they're like, it's a bad news for Argentine what? But good news for Argentine flies? Che's just like, forgive my intrusion, but here in this neat little can, I have a product to change your conception of man. A brand new insecticide, <laughs> a remarkable chemical feat instantly rendering other insecticides obsolete because she rejected you it's bad news for you but it's great news for the flies here does it really change your concept of man christine does well, it i don't know because it, he didn't get it funded by ava obviously so maybe we would have a completely different concept of man Licensing slaughter of insects is hardly my mission No mention of insecticide in the concept album is crazier than in A New Argentina for me because (laughs) A New Argentina was like one of my favorite songs. It wasn't immediately my favorite song. Weirdly, I really liked I'd Be Surprisingly Good For You because the melody Mm -hmm. is like so pretty. That's the song where she's just like, I just want to let you know I'm not a hoe. And then she goes home with Juan Perón. And kicks out his mistress. Great moment. Top 10 moments. <laughs> exactly. My next favorite song was A New Argentina. And it's like such a serious song. And I know that the insecticide has come on to other serious moments in this show. But I was still not expecting it. And then they get elected president. And then Che is like, let them have their freedom. The free by insecticide. There are four songs which have um, insecticide references because I wrote them down. The like most random one is the beginning of She is a Diamond. He's like, he just like takes this like hard rock beat and he's like, oh, my insecticide. <laughs> and then he does this like really dramatic like he's like, oh, my insecticide. And like, it's just like, you OK there, bud? Like, I mean, OK, like historically. 
when did Shay give up on his insecticide? Let me just look this up. <laughs> Wikipedia is just like, well, he's done so much since then. <laughs> look at all these other more important things he's actually done that Tim Rice did not care about. This is 100% the Che Insecticide podcast now. <laughs> I always thought my country right or wrong. I used to say here's where I belong. But that's a joke. I might as well have been as loyal to El Salvador, Afghanistan, the south of France, Japan, Hong Kong. Go back to Ava for a sec. That's um, literally what he says. Yeah, yeah. Back to back to <laughs> he's Ava. Like, now back to Ava. <laughs> and then he like goes on. To, he's like, "All oh, right, I have a job to do. I'm supposed to tell you about our life. Like, <laughs> dial the toll free number at the bottom of your screen. <laughs> but but like back to Ava because because that's what we're here for. And then he forgets about it like two verses later. <laughs> In our phonies episode, you talked about how like Julie Covington has a lot more of like a pop, almost I want to say jazzy voice. And obviously, Patti Lapone has like a really, I'll say strident voice. Like, it's much stronger vocally, but it's not as sexy, I guess. Okay. Also, I feel like they cast Madonna because they wanted her to have like a seductress voice mm-hmm. because she really goes for it in the film recording. Like, she's so like raspy and sexy in her recordings. Yeah. Which was probably a terrible move because. <laughs> She can't carry most of the songs. (laughs) So here's what I do like about the movie, which is like they know their basic bitch pop audience because instead of like combining charity concert, which is like not a trash song, but like a song that doesn't have like a verse chorus. It's not like a song song, you know, instead of combining that with I'd be surprisingly good for you, rendering like I'd be surprisingly good for you, almost not listenable because you just want it to be a song on its own. <laughs> they combine charity concert with the art of the possible. So it's easy. You just skip it. <laughs> and then they have I'd be surprisingly good for you on its own. So if you don't want all the trash that comes before and after it, you should just listen to the movie version. Solid analysis. <laughs> the vocals are a little subpar, but hey. <laughs> I'm not talking of a hurried night, a frantic tumble and a shy goodbye, creeping home before it gets too light. That's not the reason that I caught your eye, which has to imply I'd be good for you. I'd be surprisingly good for you. Crown's latest flame is not a huge departure from its equivalent song on the concept album, which is Dangerous Jade, Yeah, which I like more because it cuts all the stuff that I don't care about. And then it just goes straight to the rock number. It starts on like the Peron is a fool breaking every taboo. Oh, yeah. Which is also like the only part of Pound's latest flame that I remember from the stage version. Because, like, if you think about, like, the stage number at City Center, I feel like all I remember is just them, like, slamming their chairs down and saying, bitch. Yeah, you're not wrong there. I actually really like Perone's Latest Flame. No, but also the second verse, it's the shooting sticks of the upper class aren't supporting a single ass that would rise for the girl. Like, come on. (laughs) That's great. My favorites are just, um, she won't be kept happy by her nights on the tiles. 
which I can only assume means they're having sex on the bathroom floor. <laughs> Just I've said this before, but it has fantastic misogyny. Um, she should get into her head. She should not get out of bed. She should know that she's not paid to be loud, but to be laid. And then um, there's also the part where the aristocrats take a dig at her. Things have reached her pretty pass when someone pretty lower class, graceless and vulgar, uninspired. <laughs> it's really interesting how this show portrays Ava and like can portray Ava in so many different ways. The City Center production, it's showing you a little more about her as a person and her actual struggle. And again, with like her younger self does appear like later in scenes, another suitcase in another hall. Like the mistress sings this song when Ava fires her, which is I didn't know she had that power, but whatever. She's like, you're fired. And I'm like, <laughs> was she on payroll? Like, what? <laughs> and, but during that, so the mistress sings a song, and then old Ava and younger Ava sing back up together, which I thought was a really cool move. And, like, young Ava's kind of, like, walking in also with a suitcase, kind of mimicking what the mistress is doing. So it's like you kind of see her past. Like Ava knows exactly what she's doing because she's been through it before on the other side. And like, and in the Broadway version, it's like Jay that sings backup, which is kind of weird. Like, I don't know why mm. they just ran out of people, I guess, to sing backup. I mean, I thought I just unemployed you was like, I just took away your means to survival. Oh, yeah, that. That makes more sense. (laughs) I just have this like mental image of her being like, and she's fired. Like just like looking over the employee list that like Perone has or something. I actually really like Another Suitcase in Another Hall. Stylistically, it's like pretty different. And it's also because it was one of the like cut songs that Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote for the failed musical that he did without Tim Rice. It's like almost a palate cleanser in the middle of act one. Um, But it also works really well out of context, too, just as a single. That's true. Also, like, even though it's the same melody as the actress hasn't learned the lines, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that, like, the chorus of, like, the another suitcase, another hall makes it feel really different. Yeah. Being used to trouble, I anticipated, but all the same, I hate it. So, like, Buenos Aires is probably, like, I would assume, like, Latin beats. <laughs> Ladies Got Potential... Um, I have no idea what that is. I'm going to say rock. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then same for like Brown's latest flame. And then I would put like high flying adored and, um, maybe don't cry for me as like ballads. Yeah. I'd agree with that. There is actually a lot going on in this album which is also pretty great. Yeah. And I've talked to you before about this, but like, I think Jesus Christ Superstar as a whole is probably both Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice's best work. Um, I don't think either of them quite reached the heights. I don't know. It's like one of my favorite musicals, but I do think that the music in Evita is like more interesting and more varied and more like eclectic. 
Okay, so if Tim Rice never did anything else in the rest of his life, and this was the album you got for him, you'd really not be sure, like, <laughs> how talented he is as a lyricist. Because, you know, he goes from stuff like, great men don't grow on trees, I'm one, I'm not going to freeze, to really, really great stuff. Like... I'm their product. It's vital you sell me. So Machiavell me. Rainbow High is like Tim Rice at his like top game. Came from the people they need to adore me. So Christian Dior me is already a super great line. Um, but then also he goes, she later does the, on my desk, Misato's expecting to outshine the enemy, the aristocracy. I won't disappoint them. So it's like ironic with the Christian Dior stuff too, because mm-hmm. she's like, fuck the rich people. Where's my Dior? Yeah. And then he doesn't disappoint with the last verse either, which is, I'm their savior. That's what they call me. So Lauren Bacall me. Anything goes. Sidebar here. So Anything Goes, you know, is a musical by Cole Porter. And I look this up because I was so excited about it just to check if Lauren Bacall had ever been in Anything Goes. But as far as I can tell, she has not. She has this one song in the musical Woman of the Year um, called The Grass is Always Greener, which is pretty funny. I'm pretty sure she plays like a hyper successful person and then she meets like a housewife and then she's just like i'm so jealous you can make a pot roast and then the other person is like i'm so jealous you're a millionaire (laughs) and then then she was like who cares about being a millionaire you can make a pot roast and she's like you're a millionaire if you watch the broadway version of rainbow high which really sounds like a song that should be easy to stage because so much is going on but instead they just have her stand behind a panel for the entire song and change slowly into a dress if you look up this smash number um the 20th century foxtrot that's kind of how i imagine they should have staged it because it's basically like her being like make me hot and sexy and they have like you know measuring tapes that they'll like snap along her body and like they'll have outfits and like sketches of outfits and like just you know dancing with them and stuff and i feel like that's kind of how this song should be i'm also talked about this but evita is like trump's favorite musical and apparently he saw it six times when it was on broadway i wonder if patty lapone knows about that because she hates him and <laughs> when she was in war paint someone asked her on the red carpet oh like what would you do if the president came and saw your musical and she's like i wouldn't perform to be fair like ava perone is like not unlike donald trump they bullshitted the way to the top um except he hasn't died of cancer yet so fingers crossed (laughs) i'm not even sure if he's like smart enough to realize that like she wasn't actually like qualified i mean i don't think he's smart enough to realize that he's not qualified to be president that's also true (laughs) but he ideally should be smart enough to know that he's not beautiful enough to be instantly (laughs) adored well we'll see how his like if Andrew Lloyd Webber ends up suing him for using memory. 
That was my favorite Broadway World article ever. Betty Buckley calls on Angelou Weber to take legal action against the Trump campaign for using memory from cats as rallies. Who else has sued Trump? Well, Adele Elton John, the Rolling Stones, Queen Fro Williams, Rihanna, Guns N' Roses, Nickelback, and Prince. Maybe he just needs his own songwriter at this point. <laughs> Let's go back to comparing the two albums because I just want to do that for a sec. Okay. So Cole Wilkinson plays Che on the concept album who, like, if that name sounds familiar, he played John Valjean. And he has this, like, kind of really insane rock voice. They thought about getting the guy who played Judas in the original concept album of Jesus Christ Superstar to do it. But then apparently he just didn't do it as well. And so they found Cole Wilkinson. His The Money Kept Rolling In is the best one because it just ends with these, like, amazing rock screams that I don't think anyone else has really been able to replicate. But, like, Mandy Patinkin on the Broadway album has this really, like, pretty voice that's, like, 100% all head voice. I don't know if he has a lower register at all or his lower register just, like, also sounds like it's in head voice, which is kind of crazy. But he does really well on, like, like High Flying Adored. But that's why I, like, like listening to both albums also. The dude that plays Juan in the original Broadway recording, he is, like very he's a very acted out Juan like he has that like nasally voice for the character and also the accent Mm -hmm. and then in the concept album he loses the accent almost completely and has like much more of like a poppy dude voice as well yeah um along with like Julie Covington's poppy voice so I feel like as a whole the concept album is less like musical theater-y right um, so like if you find it difficult to like get into musical theater albums without seeing the show, I feel like the concept album is really easy to get into without knowing anything about the show. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I definitely listen to um the concept album for Che for also like Evita's like more ballady, softer songs, and then I listen to Patty for all of the belting numbers. <laughs> yeah. one lyric that like if this was the first thing i heard from tim rice i'd be like fuck you is (laughs) I want to be a part of B.A. Buenos Aires. Oh Big Apple. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I vividly remember listening to this in high school. Like I was like doing dishes. I thought she was saying like B.A. as in like B.E. space A. Like I want to B.A. B.A. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Like what is this show? I want to be a part of B.A. Buenos Aires, Big Apple. And I had always thought that that was just like her not finishing the line. Like, I want to be a part of, and she like pauses or something and she's like, be a, you want to be a Buenos Aires? You want to be a Big Apple? Like, what is happening here? Who wants to be an apple in Buenos Aires? <laughs> and like, is Buenos Aires called the Big Apple of like Argentina or something? Like, is that a thing? On this one Google Answers, it says, is Buenos Aires called the Big Apple? 
and the answers. The big apple in Spanish would be called la gran mazana, which is not used in Spanish to describe cities as far as I know. So it would be strange. <laughs> They're just like, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. Birds fly out of here, so why, why, why the hell can't I? I only want variety, notoriety. I want to be a part of really like good night and thank you it's just after she gets to buenos aires so she no longer needs magaldi she like dumps him and Che's the one that sings and he's like good night thank you magaldi you've completed your task what more can we ask of you now please sign the book on your way out the door that will be all if we need you we'll call but i don't think that's likely somehow he's like get the fuck out is this like an airbnb book it's like a guest book kind of thing so yeah kind of <laughs> like because it's like oh like Hotel Ava, even though that's like a super shitty way of putting it. I mean, that basically is how they put it because they kind of insinuate that like she's fucked so many people that like at the end they're like, good night and thank you, whoever. Yeah. But also I like it because like Shay's like very straightforward. Like she's obviously using you just leave and like take your dignity or whatever's left of it. And like maybe she'll be famous one day and you can just like say that you slept with her. But then Ava, like, is trying to be, like, super, you know, nice about it. And she's like, oh, but it's sad when a love affair dies, the parting, the closing of doors. But we must be honest, stop fooling ourselves. And Shay's like, which means up yours. I mean, like, was she nice, though? Because, like, in the charity concert, she goes to the charity concert with another man. And then when she meets Juan, um, he's like, are you here alone? And she's like, fuck yeah. And then her, (laughs) the man that took her to the concert comes up to her with like two glasses of champagne and then she looks at him and she's like oh thank you and then hands him her coat <laughs> like he's the coat check boy and then takes both glasses of champagne and hands one to Juan he's like I guess I'll go find the coat truck good night thank you whoever we are grateful you found her a spot on the sound radio we'll think of you every time she's on the air We'd love you to stay, but you'd be in the way. So put on your trousers and go. Oh, but it's sad when a love affair dies. The decline into silence and doubt. Our passion was just too intense to survive. For God's sake, get out! Do you want to take a guess at how many Tonys it won in the original Broadway production? I'm thinking the only major people award was just a vita i don't know mm-hmm. um maybe costumes i feel like from watching clips online the staging was absolute shit i'm going to say s- sex <laughs> sex <laughs> Seven, actually, but you were pretty close. Okay. I think you were, like, almost there. <laughs> best musical, best score, best book, leading actress for Patti LuPone, featured actor for Manny Patinkin, though Bob Gunton for Perone was also nominated. Best direction of musical for Hal Prince won, and best lighting for David Hersey won. And then the other three that they were nominated for were scenic design, costume design, choreography which they did not win. Okay, well, here's the thing. We never talked that much about the City Center production. (laughs) Yeah, let's just 
let's talk about it for a sec because they did do some like really great things. Yeah, I think most of what I have to say about the city center production is like staging and obviously costume. Um, like when you first enter, when they have like the floral background as well as the dress, I think is beautiful. Also, that white skirt suit situation in New Argentina. And I also like how she's on that rotating ladder, which I'm pretty sure yeah. isn't in the original production. You get to focus on her. And I think like the movement across the stage with like the wheelie ladder is cool. And then it's also kind of symbolic because like she's literally climbing the ladder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I think it like fit the intensity of new argentina really well whereas Mm -hmm. like the original production didn't i mean i honestly think the original production had a lot of set failings also if you like remember old clips of patty singing in new argentina it's hella weird because like when the song starts on dice are rolling she and peron are in bed and i think like the idea is like they walk to their balcony and people are chanting their name Mm -hmm. which isn't made that clear because again like in the original production she's not elevated on a ladder or anything so it's just like oh these men holding protest signs are in her bedroom (laughs) um one of the most important songs in the show she sings the entire thing in a silk robe (laughs) because she just got out of bed and then obviously we've talked about this in our tony's episode but her white dress is stunning and then later on when they make her white dress out of tissue paper and rip it apart is incredible because i would have never guessed that yeah that ending is is like it's just so powerful because it's like she's at basically the height of her power she's about to run for vice president and then all of a sudden like cancer takes hold and Perone's um, generals, I guess, are like just kind of taking one last dig at her and she's also like falling apart. And you just see like this white dress that looks identical to what she was wearing before at the height of her power. And all of a sudden, like the it's like the mob turns against her and they like rip it apart. And her younger self is also there at the core. She's still just this girl who like came from this tiny town it just it's such a powerful moment. It's risky because it could have so easily gone poorly because I think like the emotions that you get from that scene are 95% from the shock of seeing that dress ripped apart because you genuinely believed that that it was a real dress that was not made out of tissue paper. Yeah. And if it were like at all unbelievable that it was a real dress, then they wouldn't have had the same effect that they were right for I you think. would have already been suspicious the costume designer and maya rafiko i think they are both native argentine people yeah and the set was like super simple too it was basically just the like rows of flowers that can go up and down and kind of like fill the stage as needed and then this little like archway in the back it has these like arches that are like kind of cool because as she goes on her world tour, they like hang a different flag in every arch and like stuff like that. But traditionally, this show opens in a movie theater where they're watching like one of Ava's movies that she was in. And then they stop the movie to be like, hey, guys, she's dead. And then the crowd is like hysterical. And Shay comes in and sings this like, again, super snarky song. And you don't really like see Ava normally, I think. Mm-hmm. And here it was like, 
it was just all the rows of flowers. They're already mourning. Um, they don't have that like intro bit where they're like, Ava's dead. They just have the crowd come on and like bring flowers and lay all the flowers down and sing Requiem for Evita. And then you see Saleya Pfeiffer as older Evita like come in through the center arch and she's just wearing this like slip dress like it's not even a real dress and she's like walking around like looking at everything taking in her own funeral almost Mm -hmm. che is like you know insulting her basically and he's like she did nothing for years and you already see like what conflict is gonna happen and it's just it was so smart yeah she had her moments she had some style the best show in town was the crowd outside the Casa Rosada, crying Eva Battle! If you like these kinds of episodes where we just ramble about insecticide for you know, <laughs> an hour or so, we'll find something else to ramble about, like a Disney Plus review on Hamilton. Let's try that. You can find that if you follow us on whichever podcast player you're using to listen to this. Just hit subscribe. And you can always follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BottomlessBeeway. Email us at BottomlessBeeway.com. And check out our blog at BottomlessBeeway.home.blog. But other than that, we will be back with the broadcast version of Hamilton next time.